0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Soon we will be celebrating the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday will be on the 17th of this month, the first Sunday in Lent on the 21st. Our divine service will change, it will be more subdued as we will not sing the glory in excelsis and hallelujahs in the penitential season of Lent. A season when we look at our depravity as sinners and our need for a Savior who has done something for us we cannot do for ourselves, gain for us the forgiveness of our sins. This week, as we move closer to Lent, we read the Gospel from Luke 8, and it seems that Jesus is giving a lesson on farming techniques. How to plant your crops. He talks of a sower that spreads seed everywhere, simply taking handfuls from his bag of seed and tossing it about. We have some agribusiness folks in the congregation that uh, would laugh at that idea. Good seed is valuable. It costs a lot of money to develop, and and a prudent farmer would not just want to waste it. In Luke's gospel, the valuable seed that is being indiscriminately spread is most glorious news. It is the gospel, the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near in Christ Jesus to reconcile sinners to his Father, our Father in heaven. This priceless seed is spread and the kingdom comes for all people. This most precious seed is sown in places and ways using the farming theme, that a good farmer would never do and waste seed. It's done so that all might be saved through faith in Christ. It is God's greatest desire that all would be saved. That is why he gave his son as the sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. A sacrifice to make us holy before God. But this seed, the word of God, meets resistance. It meets resistance because it must be planted in sinful people. The seed is perfect, capable of growing exactly what it is supposed to grow. That is faith in Christ Jesus. The seed is not the problem. The problem is the ground, the soil, the people that the sower seeks to sow the seed into. The people are defective. The path people are people who simply feel no need to listen to the message. They hear it but have no interest. Their feeling is that it does not pertain to them. If they need spirituality, something to affirm them, they seek it in some other way. The Savior is not on their list of needs. The rocky soil people hear and are receptive. What they hear fills some need in their life. It might be mingling with similar families with kids. Possibly they enjoy some level of social life and contact with others. It may be that they find fulfillment in some sort of mercy work. But when things get difficult, relationships get strained, or the newness wears off, they lose their faith as they are tested due to faith being shallowly rooted. Those in the thistles and briars, they hear, but the message gets choked out by the cares of the world. Other things are more needful. They like their stuff, and well, my stuff takes time to enjoy. Their pleasure-seeking gets in the way of their maturing in faith. Then there are the good soil people. Farmers know good soil, and they know it takes a lot of work to prepare and maintain it. I remember turning over fields with a big gang of bottom plows. We pulled them with what now seems like relatively small tractors, but Oliver 1850 tractors were massive machines that strained and turned over the dirt as deep as 15 or 16 inches deep, folding it over. It was the same principle used with oxen and a single plow that would be pulled to turn the earth, preparing it for the planting of seed. In either case, the process took the soil and turned it upside down. It upended it and exposed new, fresh soil to plant good seed in. It was hard work then and still is hard work. It is not always fun and the work involved can cause one to hurt at the end of the day. But imagine if the dirt could feel what was being done to it. God does this work in those who hear his word, the gospel of Christ, and cling to it. He makes a good place for the seed of faith to grow, but the preparation will not always be comfortable. Before the incarnation of Christ, God had given his people his law. In the Garden of Eden, it was simple, don't eat of that tree, the one with the knowledge of good and evil. In essence, the whole law was summed up in, trust me, do as I say, do not eat of it. It was a summation of all the commandments that would come that we sinners fail at. We fail to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. It became more complicated after that one law was broken. The Ten Commandments told an unholy people how they could survive in the presence of a perfect and holy God as he moved with them in the wilderness. Living by the rules was impossible. Because of this, there had to be sacrifices. Something had to have its blood shed and die for the sins of the people. This elaborate system of sacrifice was all in anticipation of the promise given to our first parents. Adam and Eve had been promised a redeemer as they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. Imagine how they must have felt, the perfect life, gone, death, something they did not even know before was lurking, dirt boy, Adam. Adam made from dirt, and his wife Eve. They would soon understand the importance of seed, proper planting and harvest if their bellies were to be full. They would have to work just to stay alive, and life would be difficult as they waited for the promise that God made, that there would be a Redeemer. They knew they needed it. Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. He is the seed that needs to be planted in all the dirt boys the men and women who have come after Adam and Eve and inherited their sin and continue to live in it. This planting gives us faith and eternal life. Jesus is the one that takes our sinful mess of a life, dies for it, and makes it right with God the Father. Our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah reads, "'For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven "'and do not return there but water the earth.'" making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word that, produces, that proceeds from his mouth, the mouth of his son, has succeeded. It has accomplished the purpose Which it was sent. It has been successful at saving sinners, all of them. It is true because God has said so. All have been freely justified and forgiven. So, how do we count the success of this seed? What can we look for? As Christians with our hope in Christ, there's still times we want to cry out Where are you, Lord? Why do I have this difficulty? Why can't this thing, sin, temptation, illness, unhappiness, weird thoughts and desires, you name it, why can't I make it go away? Why won't you take it away? And there are other times we simply hope that what we do and think is hidden from God. We know we do wrong. God's law still points that out, but we can't help ourselves is part of our life in God's kingdom here on earth. It's part of the success. The seed that falls on the path people never even has a chance to germinate and bring to mind the things of God's kingdom. There is no troubling of their conscience that is brought on by hearing God's word, not even the law. There's no crying out because he might as well not exist. The saving word is grabbed up by the birds of the air and eaten, that is, Satan blocks the sinful person from being able to see their need for the kingdom of God that has already come in Jesus, the salvation that is already present. The seed that sprouts in the rocky soil, people, cannot take the testing, the reproof, and the knowledge of sin. They were looking for a kingdom of glory, one where they participated in the good that was to go on. The big things that God would do in their lives and the lives of others today. Then their faith is tested when the big things didn't develop or even crashed and burned. Or it is tested when trouble, heartache, or tragedy comes into their life. Their faith that has been misplaced in things of earthly glory is then lost. The seed and the thorn people, they would much rather have the pleasures of this life. Their mind is almost working in reverse. To them, the thorns are the church. The time spent on Sunday alone could be so much better used, never mind the meetings. Why meetings at 7 p.m.? I repent of this. But I'd rather, in God's view, but I'd rather, especially as it relates to His divine service, is the thorn. It will choke one's faith. Like I tell the confirmation students, it's a gentle slope that one glides down that eventually finds them at the church of the holy comforter with their head stuck in a pillow that only seems to bring peace. Without hearing God's word and receiving his gifts, the thorns can easily choke one's faith to the point where their fruit does not mature. The good soil. At last, pastor, you're going to talk about us. The good soil It's pitied. Spat upon, it's scorned by the world, it bears all manner of burdens, even unto death. The good soil is only good because it's the sower who prepares it and plants his precious seed in it. By the grace of God and his abundant mercy, we are given ears to hear. His seed is the gospel, the good news of the salvific work of Christ on the cross. It penetrates our blind and dead and sin-hardened hearts and gives us life. It's planted in our baptism, giving us life that is then hidden in Christ. Yep, I said it again this week. It is a hidden life that is eternal. It cancels out the other hidden life you and I have. It's that other hidden life that God only knows fully. That life can scare the sinner in us to death when we think of God knowing about all of it. That life that the devil likes to throw up at us and remind us of. It is a life of sorrow, fear, and at times anger. It is one that many think of the soil in the path, would like to simply deny exist, call it normal, not sin. But the good soil has been worked hard. It knows good from bad. It still tries to count success on its own sinful terms before it, in pain and grief, cries out, where are you, Lord. Why do I have this difficulty? Why can't this thing, sin, temptation, illness, unhappiness, weird thoughts and desires, you name it, why can't I make it go away? Please, forgive me. The good soil is driven to repentance. It is driven to the gifts that bring and sustain salvation. It does not run from God to other strange spiritual experiences seeking glory where it cannot be found. It finds comfort in God and his kingdom of mercy. In God's kingdom, we find comfort in knowing sins are forgiven and remembered no more. It is a kingdom where we remembering our baptism know we have been joined into the death and resurrection of Christ. God's kingdom is not of this world and we cannot gauge its success based on our human and finite test of what we think is good. God's kingdom works in ways that confound the believing world. Bread and wine, body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and strengthening of one's faith. Jesus promised it. It cannot be false. It must be true. We cannot judge the success of the seed by the church growth or by personal success in life or by our health or other earthly measure. It is otherworldly, a nonsense to those around us, that the only thing our Heavenly Father wants us to know is Christ crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected for the forgiveness of our sins. For us to know and cling to that, let all else go, even our life, is the success of the gospel of Christ in us. The devil hates that kind of faith and will attack it with all his might. Good soil, those that have ears to hear, hear God's word of salvation and will not be moved or dissuaded. In God's word, they will find hope, joy, peace in all troubles and trials because Jesus has conquered all of them already for us. We are still both saint and sinner in this life. We will cry out to God in frustration, in anger, in hope, in joy, and most appropriately, in repentance of our sins as we trust in God our Father to forgive us for the sake of His Son Christ Jesus. Amen. Now may this peace which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.